When you stop and think about all that's going on today in the good old U.S. of A., you might just think that there are only two sides to every story. With over 327 million citizens, there are actually many more sides to our American story. On this program, I provide you with a different point of view, mine. This is The Truth Hurts, a program that hopefully will cause you to stop and actually think about the issues, the facts, and the general state of our American story. Happy 100th episode to you. Happy 100th episode to Thank you. Thank you very much. 100 episodes, it's hard to believe. Thank you very much. It's hard to believe that it's been 100 episodes of the Truth Hurts program, but it has been, and I realize one thing. Not only can you not please all of the people all of the time, Abraham Lincoln, but you can't please some of the people any of the time. You see, some people are just negative. Negative energy, negative outlook on life, negative, negative, negative. If you hand some of these negative people a $100 bill, they want to know why it wasn't $200. If you hand someone a candy bar, they want to know why it wasn't ice cream. I myself used to be a very negative person. I used to fall into the trap of asking why others had more. Until one day a former boss of mine said, I once had the blues because I had no shoes, until one day on the street I met a man with no feet. Sure, I'm pretty negative about the way half of the nation applies the double standard to political issues, but how can you blame me? 100 episodes. We'll be right back. This is the Truth Hurts Program. Here's your host, Steve Z. The crowd of people who told me I was wrong to not support Barack Hussein Obama because he is the President of the United States and you need to respect the office is now the same crowd telling me that I'm wrong to support the current President of the United States or to respect the office of the President of the United States. When I point out the fact that they're applying a double standard, well, they get negative and call me the bad guy. So let me get this right. It's okay to hate Trump, but it was racist to dislike Obama. Got it. Double standard ingrained. With all the media focus negatively, aimed at anyone who supports the President of the United States, and with all the negative media focus aimed squarely against the President of the United States, it is a true wonder how this man keeps up any level of optimism or hope for our nation. Remember, 
Donald J. Trump is a wealthy, wealthy man. He owns hotels and office buildings and resorts and golf courses literally around the world. He doesn't need to be the president. He did not need to take four years of his later life and literally give up all the luxury he was accustomed to having in order to take a massive pay cut to become your president. And then even refused to take a paycheck for his time in office, donating his salary to worthwhile charities. $400,000 is a pile of cash to you and I, but it is a drop in the bucket for a person like Trump. He chose to step aside from a multi-billion dollar business empire to, his, to share his business acumen with the American people for free, gratis, no pay. He did so to help foster one of the greatest periods of economic growth in the nation's history. Again, he did it for free. Sure, there's some ego involved, after all, to become one of the elite group of less than 50 people in the 240-year history of the greatest superpower on Earth is itself an accomplishment. To be the leader of the free world is an achievement. And we know Trump is all about his ego. There's no denying that. But there's also nothing wrong with having an ego, especially when you have the means to back it up. Yes, he can say that he was a true outsider, bucking the backlash from both Democrats and Republicans alike. He can know for a fact that he is the President of the United States, and since he will remain in office until at least the end of his first term, he will be recorded in the history books as the President of the United States. They cannot take this away from him. Oh, sure, they can try to smear his legacy with negativity, but the fact still remains that his economy bested the highest points of the Barack Hussein Obama economy. The fact still remains that it was his presidency that created the best minority unemployment numbers in recorded history for this nation. The highest minority job participation rates in history. The highest stock market numbers in recorded history. Yes, the negative Nancys out there can say whatever the hell they want about Trump, but no matter what they say, they cannot erase the fact that on this day, July 15th, 2020, Donald Trump is still your president. I'm not 100% sure that Trump's ego is all good, don't get me wrong. His tweeting on Twitter drives me up a wall. But again, that's how he reaches many of his supporters. But given the choice between Trump and Hillary Clinton in 2016, I'll take Trump six ways to Sunday, twice on Sunday, and even ask for a bonus vote. But then again, I'm not Democrat, so I only get one vote. Given the choice between a coherent, egotistical Trump and a gropey, senile, lost-in-space Joe Biden, again, I'll take Trump, hands down, over gropey Joe, who can't even remember what day it is, what state he's standing in, and can't seem to keep his grimy hands off of the chests of little eight-year-old girls. Yes, I wanted today's 100th episode of The Truth Hurts to be a special program, not special ed. But the news is the news, and it keeps on coming. We'll be right back.
says out loud, exactly what you are thinking. Steve Z, and the Truth Hurts program. Former U.S. Attorney General Jeff Sessions was defeated in his attempt to regain his former Senate seat this week. In the Alabama primary, Sessions, who took a knee, if you recall, during the Russian collusion hoax investigation against Trump, Sessions lost his primary bid to former college Auburn football coach Tommy Tuberville. I guess you don't mess with the Zohan, and you certainly don't mess with the Donald after Sessions was panned by Trump for failing to investigate the Russian collusion hoax, Trump put the Grigri, you know, the Creole hex, on Jeff Sessions. And now Sessions will likely retire because he's old and he's got nothing left in the tank. Meanwhile, in more negative news, Mary Trump. Who? Mary Trump. I'm sorry, who? Donald Trump's niece, Mary Trump, has spoken out saying that she would advise the Donald to resign if she were in the Oval Office. Newsflash, you money-grubbing little snipe. You are not in the Oval Office or on the White House grounds or even on the radar of the Donald. Yes, in her coattails family ties attempt to sell a book, Donald Trump's little niece has written a so-called tell-all book as if she has anything actual or factual to tell. Just like many others who try to latch on to the Donald Trump name, this little tramp will likely sell a few copies, and with a willing mainstream media accomplice like Stephanopoulos giving her airtime on national shows, along with never-Trumpers and anti-Trumpers, several will probably go out and buy the book. But who cares? He's still your president. Who cares? Mary Trump has never been close enough to Donald Trump to have anything worthwhile to say, at least not anything other than her own opinions. The opinion of a troubled girl who grew up in a house with her father, Freddie Trump, who died an unsuccessful alcoholic. Are you jealous, Mary? In the United States of America, when you stand on your own property, and use your constitutionally protected Second Amendment rights to protect yourself and your property from an angry, violent mob, many armed themselves, who choose to break down a security gate and storm onto private property, shouting threatening lines, you can become the target of racist probes and investigations designed to support the narrative of the very violent rioters and protesters who violated your civil rights. This week, St. Louis attorney, uh, circuit attorney, I guess similar to a district attorney, Kim Gardner decided to play the pandering race card to investigate the McCloskeys who stood their ground last month holding their Second Amendment protected weapons as dozens of protesters, many themselves armed, crashed through security gates onto private property, ignoring no trespassing signs, shouting threatening language, at white homeowners as they tried unsuccessfully to get to the mayor's house in St. Louis. Of course, this remains news as the White House is actually doing what they swore an oath to do. They're trying to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States and the constitutional rights of the McCloskeys. 
Governor Mike Parson said that Trump and the governor believe the couple should not face charges. The prosecutor, however, now whining, stated, quote, Today, both the governor and Donald Trump came after me for doing my job and investigating a case. While they continue to play politics with handling of this matter, spreading misinformation and distorting the truth, I refuse to do so, unquote. Ms. Gardner, by making this statement, you are playing politics, period. Gardner earlier said in a quote, Make no mistake, we will not tolerate the use of force against those exercising their First Amendment rights, and we will use the full power of the Missouri law to hold these people accountable, unquote. So let me get this right. She's going to protect a group of criminals trespassing after damaging property, trespassing onto private property. She's going to protect their First Amendment rights by denying the people who were trying to defend their personal property and themselves. She's going to deny their Second Amendment rights. Ms. Gardner, what about the trespassing? Violation of the law. What about the property damage the protesters caused? Violation of the law. What about the threats and the bullying? Violation of the law. What about the weapons those protesters were carrying? Double standard. Miss Gardner is playing politics as she panders to the protesters, bows to the BLM gods, and uses her office to push a violent race-based agenda in the state of Missouri. We'll be right back. You're not going to like hearing this. After all, the truth hurts. Happy? Happy. Happy 100. 100th episode. Happy 100th episode. 100 episodes. 100 episodes. Congratulations, indeed. 100 episodes. And this is a moment, honestly, to celebrate. Congratulations. I hear you've made it to 100 episodes, which I can't quite believe. How on earth have you managed to get as far as 100 shows? I just want to wish you congratulations on your 100th episode. I know it's a tremendous feat because we are well into like 160 or 170 or something like that. So, Joe. <laughs> congratulations. A hundred episodes young. Way to go. You've done it. hundred episodes. Only another hundred more to go. And maybe you'll start shooting outdoors in the winter like we do. And on our 100th episode today, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the Chaz and the Chop. You remember the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone that changed their name to the Capitol Hill Occupied Protest in Seattle, Washington? As if the Chaz and the Chop's failed experiments taught the people nothing, just down the coast from Seattle, Washington, in the city of Portland, Oregon, a group of protesters are now attempting to form their own Autonomous Zone. Failing, of course, to understand the definition of the word autonomous, they've taken over a city park that sits just across the road from a federal courthouse, a park known as Lounsdale Square. Now, you might recall Lounsdale Square was where protesters called themselves Occupy Portland 
and set up a camp there just before the 2012 elections in their attempt to disrupt the election cycle. You see, folks, how history repeats itself? And always at election time? Protesters began setting up tents in the square, holding signs calling for an end to policing and an end to government. At 5 a.m., there were a dozen, and that number grew to hundreds, setting up barricades and essentially taking over the entire park and the roads surrounding it, some throwing glass bottles at cops who were attempting to take down the barricades they had set up. As the cops withdrew, under orders from their cowardly Democrat leaders, the protesters promptly rebuilt the the barricades. Hmm. I see history's repeating itself, and now they don't even need statues. Finally today, when you think you can hide behind the false protections that you believe you have just because you are of a certain minority, and it all comes crashing back down upon you, what's a person to do? Nick Cannon is an African-American entertainer who is affiliated with multiple television networks, and he thinks that makes him important. He thinks that makes him invincible, and he thinks that makes him able to say whatever racist thing he chooses to say without consequences. Masked singer-host Nick Cannon has been fired by Viacom CBS for making anti-Semitic comments, you know, saying nasty things about Jewish people, on his podcast. Now, instead of doing what he demands that others do when they make anti-black comments and simply get fired and move on, Nick Cannon has gone the way of all leftists who get caught doing what they complain about others doing. He has issued a feigned apology and is now making demands of his former employers. Hey Nick, you got caught being a racist and you got fired. Move on. That's exactly what you would have demanded of anyone saying racist things about your race, right? Now you are seeing social justice at its proper finest. You are getting done to you exactly what you would demand others do if it were the other way around. You see, folks, Nick Cannon is now demanding that he be given ownership of his MTV and VH1 series Wild and Out and is now demanding an apology from the company who just fired him. It doesn't work that way, Nicky. You don't deserve an apology. You said racist stuff about Jewish people, and now your racist ass is paying the price. You lose. Cannon is demanding this and demanding that. He's actually even issued veil threats against Viacom CBS when he said, as he is, quote, deeply saddened in a moment so close to reconciliation that the powers that be misused an important moment for us to grow closer together and learn more about one another. Instead, the moment was stolen and hijacked to make an example of an outspoken black man. I will not be bullied, silenced, or continuously oppressed by any organization, group, or corporation. I'm disappointed that Viacom doesn't understand or respect the power of the black community." He's now claiming to be receiving death threats, hate messages, calling him an ungrateful N-word, and says that Viacom's goal is to keep him from providing for his family and lineage will be foiled. In his own racist rant, he says, quote, You can try and kick me while I'm down or force me to kiss the master's feet in public for shame and ridicule, but instead I stand firm on my square with my fist in the air, repeating my mantra. 
you can't fire a boss. Unquote. Newsflash, Nikki. You're fired. And sometimes the truth hurts on the other side. It's nice to see some poetic justice once in a while. Nick, if you'd have just not said anything racist about the Jewish people, we wouldn't be calling you a racist now, would we? And that, my friends, is the truth. And sometimes on this hundredth episode of the Truth Hurts program, the truth hurts. And that's about all I have to say on this topic for now. Usually when all is said and done, much more is said than is ever done. But it is sometimes the doing that causes more harm than it does good. So go out and make a difference in the world. But whatever you do, make it a positive change, not a negative one. This is the Truth Hurts program, and we'll see you next time.